The 2022 fantasy football season has finally arrived. And with that comes the long-awaited season two of Football on the Rocks. This year, we will bring you every week our borderline fringe starters, our busts of the week, and our DK or DraftKings stacks that we like to make sure your millionaire team is ready to go. Don't forget, we'll always talk about our bourbon or beer just to make sure you're enjoying a glass or two. Without further ado, here's your show, Football on the Rocks. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am your host, Joe Niehoff. I am joined tonight by my brother, Bobby. Bobby, how are you? Doing good tonight. Just uh, got the kids sleeping. It's a nice fall evening. Got some uh, Halloween decorations out tonight. and um, Just settling in now after everyone's sleeping with a nice beer. I'll jump right into that, but... Before I do that, what, what's your night going on? What do you have? Well, speaking of Halloween decorations, we actually have people in our neighborhood that have already put up Christmas lights on their house. So yeah. there's that. You know, um, you live in the South, so you can put up Christmas decorations like on Christmas Day. Yeah, that's kind of how we feel about it. But, you know, we're not going to like yell at somebody for doing it. It's just their choice. But, but yeah. here in Minnesota, I... I at first, I kind of was like, hey, wait to put Christmas decorations up until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I've resigned that now to just music. Play Christmas music <laughs> after Thanksgiving. It's too, it's too cold. Yeah, it gets too cold. It, it yeah. gets too cold up here in Minnesota. I don't blame people for, well, you know, take those Halloween decorations down. And while you're there, while you're doing the stuff, put out the new stuff. Put out the next holiday season things. You know? Yeah. Mix in yeah. a couple of turkeys or, or or whatever within the mix of uh, putting out Santa Claus and whatnot, if you got to. But, you know, all power to you up here in Minnesota. It's too cold too fast, and that snow just makes it impossible otherwise. Yes, I totally know what you're talking about with that. And uh, I don't play, I remember back snowed uh, around that, you know, kind of – even Halloween time frame. We've had Halloweens in the snow before. So, yep, everyone knows the blizzard of 93. I remember, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so tonight, let me tell you what I'm drinking. So, I uh, decided to, I'm not drinking a ton tonight. Um, I decided to make myself a uh, old fashioned out of one of my good bourbons that I like, really inexpensive, the Red, Red, uh, Redwood Empire. Um, I'm using the pipe dream for this one. And just to give you the, we did a, a <laughs> an old fashioned making with Bobby last year, which honestly was probably our best episode. Uh, ever the, made. That was pretty epic. Uh, no, I did not use any grenadine or anything like that. I think I've, I've, I've done this as my second time having an old fashioned on the show this year. Um, but yes, I make a legit old fashioned, Put, and you know what? Maybe in the next show, I will actually make it and talk through it. That way people can hear kind of how I make it. But a little orange peel, not the whole orange. Um, a little bit of some cherry juice, so to speak, or little tiny black cherries. And uh, uh, sugar cube. Cherry juice. Cherry juice. Ooh, cherry <laughs> juice. There you go. Um, but anyway, so very okay. good stuff. I, I, you know, I can't ever complain about a good 
good old fashioned. So yeah, one thing that uh, that I have just recently run into is people making a uh, refrigerator door old fashioned, and by that I mean they they take their brand new bottle of whatever bourbon or or uh, you know whatever they're going to use for the their old fashioned. And they'll pour out you know, a couple shots of it. And then right in that bottle, they will build their batch of old fashions. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this. Pre-make it, ready to go. You know, they, they get their little bit of orange. They get their little bit of everything else ready. Uh, put, a, put right into that bottle so that when they want something, when they want one of them, they can just... pour it out as much or as little as they want. It's ready to go. They just got to throw a garnish on it if they want to get fancy. I've heard of this, but I feel like that's more for the alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the ready-made old-fashioned. Oh, you want to drink an old-fashioned? Boom, here it is. You know, they make those pre-made in the store that I've they do. They do. They I've had them. Um, you know, we're we're we gotta we gotta get in contact with that on the rocks brand. Uh, Yeah, they do a lot of different they have a lot of we should we should do uh, that pre-made drinks. Uh, absolutely people right. might think that we are them <laughs> right or they are us whichever yeah, way you know. yeah um but that is they they do a very good old-fashioned um i've seen bullet i believe makes a pre-made old-fashioned there's a couple of other companies that that pre-make some drinks like that and they they are solid um but there's something about making it your own making your own version of it uh, because you can put a little twist on it one way or another. Yeah. And, absolutely. you know, if you like your old fashions a little bit stronger, you know, fill that cup up to the top. <laughs> As we learn. Yeah. But anyway, all right. That's what I do. That's uh, What do you got in your cup tonight, Bible? Uh, tonight, I went back to the well and hit up an IPA. This is the uh, Hazer NATO IPA by Dangerous Man Brewing uh, down in Minneapolis. Very smooth, really, really velvety uh, is, is probably the word that I'll use on it. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful beer. It's nice, hazy, can't see through it, so it's really opaque. It looks like orange juice almost. Okay. Um, got that good hoppiness on it. And then there's like, I want to say like pineapple notes in there little bit of uh you know kind of your tropical uh citrus ipa kind of flavors in there um really summery for you in the fall yeah yeah a little bit i'm finishing up some of the summer beers that i had uh been been getting um i do have some stouts that i'll get into later on and then i got a good swath of different lagers that I'll be getting into these next few weeks. Uh, Shells is, is a German uh, beer company that I've talked about earlier. Um, and they do a lot of lagers. I actually have three or four of them that I'll be getting into later this month that I can start featuring here. Um, just to kind of get a little bit of a different side of, of my beer drinking and you know, feature something other than another IPA or another like peanut butter stout. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Well, let's get into some football, huh? So uh, last week we talked 
uh, just me and you, and I know it came in a little late, but I want to go over some successes and some failures. This is a little bit of a new part to our conversation uh, each week and just tell you how good we're doing. <laughs> Keep ourselves accountable <laughs> to our uh, our predictions. So we'll talk about failures first so that that way it's very deep, I guess, early into the podcast. So you can skip right through it if you want. I said McLaurin would score a touchdown. He indeed did not. In fact, only caught one ball. Pretty piss poor uh, prediction there on me. But I did in the same conversation say that Diggs would have an interception. Yeah, he sure did. So there was that. There, there was that. You you nailed that one. Yeah. Um, you, one you, thing of note, just as we're talking about McLaurin, real quick, Jahan Dotson looking like he might not play this week. So you don't jump ahead. I got. I got. I got. I'm be good. I'm doubling down on Dotson. So he's a guy I'm talking about. Or on okay. Dotson on. Uh, McLaurin. So we'll talk about him a little bit more okay. later. Okay. Um, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, you had as your guy last week for your quarterback. He scored 10.7 points primarily because of four fumbles. Yeah, he fumbled four times. Yeah, but... that's pretty impressive. So I, mean, I would call that a pretty. To... So, in one fix. way, I mean, he did something that nobody has done in like a century. Sure. And have four fumbles in a game. Yeah. So. I'll take that as a win. I, I called <laughs> you I talked called something about historic happening. But your worst loss last week are, are really, I feel like, our worst failure because both of us, I even came in and said a few things on how I thought he'd have a good week. Um, Josh Palmer. Yeah. Not so much. He had one target, caught that target for 25 yards, and that was it. He did yeah. nothing else. So a little unfortunate for us on a couple of those, but we did have some successes, um, namely one, <laughs> and that was Mr. J.K. Dobbins had a huge day, huge um, day against a very good Buffalo defense. But uh, uh, I know that he helped me in some leagues, and then I didn't mm-hmm. start him in others, and didn't you, help me in those. <laughs> so you, I was kind of on and off on him. You blew me out in our little bet there of him versus Stevenson, and, and oh yeah. I, I wasn't all too surprised, but I didn't think that it was going to be that wide of a margin. I didn't think it'd be that wide either, but um, yeah, that was definitely another one. And in the final, we had a couple bets last week. The other one you lost pretty poorly as well. Juwan yeah. Johnson did not you're, you're make the top 15. Points. Yeah, you kind of gave me that one, so I'm not going to deny that um, without, without a doubt. Uh, real quick, we'll talk about uh, what we saw for our contest. So, New Orleans 87, no 87 was our winner again. So he had two pretty good weeks in a row. Um, he's getting his second entry into the bourbon contest at the end of the season. Scored 130 points. The expert, top expert, was myself, uh, 126.2. Um, really, our scores were not very good as a whole. So right. I'm not going to like give no 87 too much credit, but obviously he he was credit the tallest where, midget. Credit where it's due. Credit where <laughs> he was the tallest due. midget. You know, this is the second week in a row, just to make an interesting note. He's won it with kind of an average quarterback. Um, he didn't go with, like, a big-name guy and actually had more pricey players uh, at running back and stuff like that. So he had a pretty good week. But anyway, he turned out our contest. So congratulations, no 87. The millionaire winner this week was Hoop2410. They scored 252 points. It's kind of right in that middle range is about what you expect. What surprised me with their team as well is uh, they actually had a Seattle Seahawks stack, um, and they double stacked with Geno Metcalf and Lockett. 
And then they had a comeback, triple comeback, with Jamal Williams, Reynolds, and Hawkinson. I mean, they just did everything in that one game. And they it... basically said, this game's going to be a shit show. I'm going to pick everybody on it and see what happens. And they won a million dollars. Right. That, so there I mean... may be some strategy in there in picking somebody that plays against Detroit. Right. It's it's a thing. It's And that... having, you know, one or two players as you come back in that game. Who knows? Maybe it is a thing. That's enough. All right, let's get into a little bit, Bobby. Who is your quarterback this week? Um, I'm kind of manifesting this week, or I'm trying to. Um, and I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. Okay. <laughs> um, partly because I just need it to happen. Sure. Um, I He has gone through a buzzsaw with the defenses that he's seen so far. Um, no game with more than, you know, he's got two games with two touchdowns, two games with one touchdown. I saw this as, you know, this Cousins being able to put up three or four touchdowns a game. They get Chicago this week. You know, surprisingly, their pass defense has been pretty decent, but their deep ball game against uh, teams is not all too great. Um, That is where they can be had. And so I see, you know, Justin Jefferson being able to get behind this defense Hell, even K.J. Osborne being able to do something like that, too. And uh, Cousins get three or four touchdowns. This is going to be kind of that little Kirktoberfest uh, game that's going to have him break out and kind of say, hey, everyone, Vikings are here, I'm here, and it's it's a noon game, so I'm going to play well. Um, yeah, it's so. a noon not on primetime game, so he's going to – Right. Right. Um, I don't mind Cousins. They should should dominate this game here. Yeah, Um, I don't mind Cousins. Obviously, we're we're biased towards any Viking period. So I do hope they come in there. But but part of it, too, is how bad Chicago is in general. Um, You know, teams are getting extra, um, extra possessions against them. And so that's kind of one of the things. It's just kind of a numbers game that way of uh, having Cousins in there, get a couple extra drives, all that kind of stuff, ability to put up a little bit more yards, hopefully some more points. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind the Kirk Cousins pick. And he's kind of that borderline guy. So if you're looking to stream a quarterback, he wouldn't be a bad one. You should get a pretty good floor, I would say, right. from him this week. Um, mine I happen to like a little bit better, and you may agree as they're talking a little bit about it, but my guy this week is going to be Carson Wentz. Um, so talking a little bit about him, I actually think he could be a top 10 quarterback this week, hence the reason I'm mentioning him. He is ranked 19th consensus. That is, that is what we do here, Joe. We're trying, yeah. to, trying yeah, to nail those top uh, 10 guys here. He's, he's ranked 19th, which to me is a little bit shocking. I mean, I get it a little bit. He started the season with two 30-point games against Detroit and Jacksonville and then has come back uh, with nine-point games. But let me tell you something. He's played Dallas and Philly. Right. right, like those are great solid defenses. I mean, look at what going to Yeah, look at what Dallas did to to Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. So right. I think just in general, um, the fact that he's playing against Tennessee, they're 29th against the quarterback this year, averaging 274 yards passing per game, which is 28th in the NFL um, as far as fantasy points. are 29th. Let me ask you a question, Bobby. Um, in uh, Tennessee has played against Las Vegas. That's Derek Carr. Buffalo. That is Josh Allen. Indy, that is Matt Ryan, and the New York Giants. Out of all those teams, what quarterback passed for the most amount of yards? Um, 
Matt Ryan. It is Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. 356 yards and two touchdowns. All right, so what I'm trying to say here is if Matt Ryan can throw for that many yards and touchdowns against Tennessee, I'm going to go with Wentz having another 30-point week. A very solid, good game, or very close to 30 points. Um, I think he'd be a great streamer for you. One other side note on him. That's really solid analysis because uh, Carson Wentz is like basically Matt Ryan's little brother. Yeah, a little they're, bit more mobile. They're the, they're the same. They're the same thing. Yeah, a little bit more mobile, a little less accurate. You know, they got a little thing going on. But anyway, last piece to say on this, and here's why I think uh, he'll have a decent week. I I, th- I just think of a solid four. They've never like they haven't passed for less than forty passes in a game this year. So he's going to be throwing the ball. You're going to get points. He's a good option. Um, with all that said, I'm going to jump right in to my running back this week. So my running back this week is somebody that if you drafted him, you drafted him hoping that he would be an RB2 for you. Um, And the reality of it is, is he hasn't come close to performing to that level. I think this is going to be his first week performing to that level. So the guy for me this week is ranked 35th. Um, I do think he'll climb up the board inside the top 24. Um, In fact, I kind of have him in the top 20. Um, But for me, it is Travis Etienne. So let me talk a little bit about him. He had his even split last week, eight carries to eight carries with uh, uh, Robinson. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the team he's playing, Houston. So I'm going to give you the amount of rushing yards Houston has given up in every game so far this year, 177, 149, 281, and 81. Okay, in the last two games that Houston has played, they've given up five touchdowns to running backs. So is five, is five a lot? Five is quite a bit, Bobby. Uh, in two yeah. games, they are thirty second in fantasy against running backs. Obviously, it's uh, they've averaged over one hundred seventy two yards a game rushing, uh, and actually, they've te- their defense is brutal. They've given up over four hundred yards total defense, um, so it's pretty tough for them. Um, after fumbling four times, I'm pretty sure they're going to just try to feed the running backs. <laughs> so I don't know which one ends up scoring the touchdown between Robinson and ATN. Uh, I do think both of them are top 24 plays. I think they're both at least an RB2 this week. Um, and just because, again, if, if I have 174 yards, 175 yards, it's called 180 to spread between two running backs. That's 90 yards apiece if they get even carries and, and, and they work an even workload. That doesn't mention any catches out of the backfield or anything else. So solid floors. One or both of them could potentially get in that end zone. I think they're good plays. So ETN Jr. is the one for me this week. Yeah. Good call. I I like that. I would love – we don't agree much, but that's what I agree with you on. I think I've Uh, just gotten better because we do these on after Tuesday, so I have time to actually look stuff up. (laughs) Yeah. I think think Wednesday's our sweet spot here. Yeah. Uh, All right. So what do you got for your running back? For my running back, I'm going Raheem Mostert. All right, I like it. Um, and this week, uh, Raheem must start. Um, <laughs> gotta get him in the, in the game. That, is this like dad joke? Dad joke time? Is that what I, that was? I, yeah. I've heard it. I feel like I think I was stealing it for like some ESPN podcast or something. Yeah, like but it. I've heard it before. It works. Um, actually, he has a lot of plus matchups coming up. So if you want right now is a great time to try and trade for him. He's trending in the right direction. 
Uh, he's kind of taken over that backfield from week one. He was at a, about a 40% snap share uh, weeks two and three at that 55, you know, they almost a direct split um, between him and Edmonds. And then last week, 72%. Um, yeah. he, he had 17 touches, uh, was able to get 10 points out of that. Um, you know, throw an end zone score in there. Um, I think he was kind of vultured at the goal line with from Edmonds. Um, he he's training in the right direction, and then he gets the New York Jets this week. Yeah, the Jets they're okay defensively, right. but I, like look at what Chubb didn't Chubb score like three touchdowns against them? Well, part of part of the reason for that as well is uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, um, that's another good point. Back. They're going to run a little bit more than they used yeah. to than than they would in, in a traditional game because of that. Um, well, that's assuming they get the lead here too. You know, this could be a decent game, closeness. You know, you never know. Right. Um, but if they do get a lead at all, I, you know, I think they they definitely lean on the running backs. Yeah, and you know, one interesting, one really interesting stat that I had come by is that uh, in the Super Bowl era here. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has started 63 games. In that amount of time, he has thrown only 72 touchdowns in 63 games. No, quor- bad. no quarterback has ever thrown fewer. Oh, <laughs> Literally, I thought, like, 63 games, 72. That's pretty, that's not bad. But then you but, say it's like yeah. that. <laughs> well, think about, I mean, even if you got one and a half touchdowns a game, you're you're close to a hundred. Well, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, you know, that's seventy-two. Um, so I don't. If they're going to be scoring points, it's not going to be from Teddy. You know, it'd be even crazier if he had that stat line, but it had like a sixty-three game streak of throwing a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, hey, he throws one every game, but don't worry, it's only one. <laughs> yeah, it's one, maybe two every. Yeah. Every ten games, he'll give you a second touchdown. Now that's a good stat, and that's something good to know. But that's my point: is that if Miami is going to be competitive in this game, if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because of scoring that happens on the ground. Yeah, Uh, and I think I can totally agree with you. Mostert uh, definitely moving up the ranks uh, compared to where he is uh, otherwise. I actually picked him up in a league and am starting him, no doubt. Yeah, but good. All right, next, I'll, I'll jump into my wide receiver here. Next, I got uh, Amari Cooper as my wide receiver. Again, do it. Yeah, he little... dropped below the top 24, which is a little intriguing yeah. to me. Yeah, he had, he had uh, so through four games, two great games, two games where you're like, hey, there's Amari Cooper, love him. Two games where he scored like two points. Yeah. Um, so he's very much boomer bust so far this year. Um, it, it's one of those things where you think that if they're going to be throwing the ball to anybody, it's going to be to Amari Cooper and nobody else. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm hoping for here this next week. Um, and, and really kind of what I'm seeing, I think he gets back to that, uh, you know, 20 ish points on the week as another great matchup against the chargers. Um, you know, their, their top corner has been out for a while. He, he is uh, coming back healthy, but he's in the game for over 80% of the snaps every single week, getting, um, you know, 10 or more targets in three of the last four games. Um, you know, you give him that kind of volume, he's going to be able to turn that around and, and, and make it into something 
that's going to be viable for you. Um, I see over 100 yards, probably another touchdown. I love they, that. They got to like be doing something through the I air. Got, yeah, I got Cooper in a couple of leagues, so I definitely like the way you're talking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got him in one league where I need him to to show up because I I started. Uh, uh, well, I'm still waiting to win. <laughs> I was just gonna that. say, you know, I took care of you and John last week in two different leagues. I beat you in one and John in the other. And yes, Bob, <laughs> I'm sorry, you still still need that victory. Yeah. In, the, in the oh so important family league, you have no yeah. idea how excited Brittany is that you have not won a game yet. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you never know. Here comes Bobby. He might uh, just show up and somehow yeah. go undefeated the rest of the season. That we have a lot to talk about. Yep. Well, I'm I'm taking one of my better assets and hopefully trying to flip him into something. So anybody else in that one and three, zero oh and four kind of start, you know, it is a situation where you got to look at your your top performing guys and really look at okay, do I want to go three and eleven and have the best wide receiver, running back, tight end, quarterback, whatever on my roster? Or do I want to, do I need to look myself in the mirror here, trade that guy away and maybe make a little bit of a run and have some kind of chance at a a six seed and try and make the playoffs? Yeah, I really think trades are the best from like week three to week five. Like those are the timeframes that most people make trades maybe even into yep. six a little bit. But the reason why is because at the beginning, people have so much value on where they drafted a player, right? So right. like, here's an example, like Jonathan Taylor. I have Emily. I took him first overall, right? Well, gosh, you know, I, you try to trade me week one. I want your house. <laughs> you know right. I mean? uh, but if you're trying to trade with me now, week five, and he's not playing this week, like, well, Hey, you know what? I will trade him for value um, for a guy that maybe we didn't know was going to have a ton of carries or opportunities. Now he is, and he's looking more like an RB2, and I got a guy that's supposed to be RB1. So you start to look at that, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about Well, like if if by a chance, let's say you had the the number one pick, number two pick, and somebody at the one spot went went a different direction, and you took – took Jonathan Taylor and then later on in the draft round three round four whatever it might have been maybe round five depending on how things fell uh you grab DJ Moore and you're like oh man I got I got something good going on here yeah at this point in the season DJ Moore is nothing you can't do anything you can barely trade him for a sandwich right now yeah yeah um but that's where you look at okay maybe I'm one and three um do I trade Jonathan Taylor for Alvin Kamara and uh, Thielen. Right. Yeah. And you might be able to make a trade like that because Kamara isn't what he has been either. So, right. But you might be able to make a move. Yeah. What you're doing is you're taking that big asset, you know, going down to 90 cents on the dollar for him and bringing along uh, an additional startable, you know, flex slash wide receiver two or like a you know depending on who your tight end is making a move there 
Yeah, um, absolutely. So just a couple of things to think about as you're looking at things. Yeah, we, um, we got a little off we track. We got off track. It's a good point. Go, but who, who do you got at your wide receiver? So I, I mentioned we were going to talk a little bit about him. I like the entire Washington receivers. Doesn't matter who it is, right? But I'm going to pick McLaurin to talk about. So I'm doubling down on my McLaurin from last week into this week. Now, last week I picked him even though he had a bad matchup. This week I'm picking him. Now, let me tell you, here's the deal, okay? Talk about trading and trying to get somebody. If you have the opportunity and you know the guy that has McLaurin's frustrated, trade for him, like today. Get it done, okay? This guy has ran 44 and a half routes per game. It is the most in the NFL, and it's not even close. I was going to say, is, is that a lot? That is a ton. Think about it. Are you, they, are you, how many times does a team pass the ball in a game? 44 times? What this means is he is on the field for literally every pass play. I, I looked at it. Carson Wentz averages like 45 passes per game. And he has averaged running routes 44 and a half times per game. Which means he's like missed one or two plays on offense. So the guy is on the field. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. He's on the field during yep. passing down. Any time passing, passing plays. He's on the field, right? That I is feel like, I feel like your number of routes is off because I heard something about um like some tight end has ran a hundred routes already no this, no, this is 44 per game average oh okay i was gonna 44 say 44 and a half 44 average routes for terry mclaurin per game that is like a 200 almost damn near 200 routes damn near, yeah almost 200 routes 160 right. 170 right so he yeah. it's just a ridiculous number like it just literally yeah. says that the guy doesn't come off the field they're throwing the ball he's out there running around yeah the second piece of this is he has 10 deep targets now, yeah, that that's not a seem lot. like a big number. That is a huge number. That's that is huge second number. in the NFL. And, again, through four games, he's getting three deep routes a game. That's Here's, the opportunities yeah. to have a big seven-point play. And it's, if he scores, it's 13, 15 points, depending on you know, what's going on. Yeah. Yep. The last point I'm going to make is his teammate, Jahan Dotson, has seven and is ranked fifth in the NFL. Well, guess who's not playing this week and won't be running that that deep route? Jahan Dotson. So yeah. if there's ever a time where we can look at the metrics and predict Terry McLaurin to have a really good week, <laughs> playing against the 29th-ranked pass defense <laughs> of the Tennessee Titans, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a good week for him. I have Mc, him. Mc, McLaurin and, is 6,200 on DraftKings, everyone. Yeah. I have McLaurin as a top 10 wide receiver this week. In my mind, it's almost a no-brainer. Um, and I believe they have him ranked like 30th or 29th. Uh, yeah. So even with a plush matchup, they even the experts aren't aren't pulling him up to what I feel like is a definite RB, or wide receiver one this week, no doubt. Yeah. So, nice. there you go. All right, All right well, uh, let's talk about tight ends, huh? Yeah. So this um, was a this was a tough one. I'm not gonna lie. I had to dig deep because all the people that I kind of noticed that I thought I'd talk about, they all had just brutal matchups. Like one of the first ones I was gonna talk about was Schultz, and he's playing. I started doing the numbers, and it's like, okay, well, 
the Rams are really good against tight ends. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, what about Irv Smith? Well, the freaking Bears are, are really good against tight ends. So I ended up Mo Alley Cox, and he's ranked like 20th out of tight ends this week. So if you're streaming a tight end, um, the guys that I would start Mo Alley Cox in front of just real quick is Ertz, Schultz, Fryermuth, and Irv Smith. All four of those guys are playing against really good, solid defenses. Ertz, the only one that I would probably actually lean Ertz, but I, I'm kind of I debated that in my head for a while because Philly is a solid defense, but they did give up some good points against the Vikings when we played them at tight end. So they're not as solid against defense, but the other three are playing against really good, solid tight end defenses. So I just wouldn't touch those guys, and I'd play a guy like Molly Cox now. Real quick with Mo Alley Cox, he's playing against Denver. Denver's had two games where they were solid against tight ends, and then they gave up eight catches and 102 yards and two touchdowns to Seattle, and six catches and a touchdown to, to Houston. So, wow. it, it, they they're kind of hit or miss. Um, and if you look at the stat line for Indy uh, when they, I think it was actually when they played against uh, uh, Tennessee just last week. They had like 12 receptions by tight ends. They kind of mixed it up. I think there was six catches by Mo Alley Cox. He had two touchdowns. But if you look down the list of the other tight ends that they have, they kind of like have four or five of them, to be honest. It's kind of crazy. But there's like 12 catches amongst tight ends. So what I'm trying to say there is I think the tight ends in general will be active. I don't know if there's injuries or what was going on. Mo Alley Cox at the beginning of the season kind of had like one target, two catches, three catches the first couple of games of the year and then blew up for six for 85 and two touchdowns. He's definitely the more solid tight end out of everybody on that team. So I just give him kind of the edge. Like I said, I don't think anything special here, but I do think he has a better week than Schultz, Fryermuth, and Irv Smith for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – he's going to get the targets. He's going to – you just want the guy with the opportunities. He's huge, big target. And uh, their number one rushing guy, when they get down to the goal line, has gone. Yep, that's right. I mean, uh, I like it. could be the Deion Jackson show or the Naheem Hines show. And Naheem's just not a bruiser, so they're not going to pound it with him. There'll probably be some play action stuff towards the goal line if they get down there, and that's what you expect. Right. So we'll see. That It's, a, it's an interesting play, but if you're looking to stream a tight end, you got some of these other guys that are kind of just tough matchups predicted really low scores. I don't think Mo Alley Cox is a bad pick. Who do you got for your tight end, Bob? Uh, my tight end that I'm looking at is Tyler Conklin. Um, first three games, he had uh, Joe Flacco, and he scored no less than nine points. Um, now we got presumably a better quarterback in. He's running the same number of routes f- for the most part, uh, you know, his snap share has gone down, but it was at 100%, so kind of hard to not sustain that. Uh, down to about 80% snap share. Um, he has seen his worst game last week at Pittsburgh. Uh, only 8.2 points, three catches. Uh, but now he gets Miami. Miami is in the, the bottom quarter of the league uh, against, um, against tight ends. So, <clears throat> excuse me, love to see that. They're ranked 25th. Um, and so, 
I just like his opportunity here. Um, I think he gets into the end zone again this week for his second touchdown of the season against Miami. Uh, they are getting their rookie running back kind of more involved, but I think that actually frees Conklin up a bit to uh, be able to do a little bit of something around the goal line. I mean, he's 6'3", 250. It's hard to miss that when they're uh, waving their arms in the end zone. So I'm just looking at someone who has a a plus matchup here um, trying to make something happen. Well, and, and it's it's a guy that I think if you, again, if you're streaming tight ends, Conklin's one of those guys, like, you're going to pick him up. You're going to play him more than once. Like, right. You just are. Like, he's had good season, and he's proven to be effective when they get him the ball. So, like, you're, you're going to end up playing him in more than one game. Whereas Mo Alley Cox, like, dude, I don't know, couple games, Max. Right. You know, and it's just because you're on a bye week or you got a really bad matchup with your already kind of okay tight end like that. That's the only way you kind of are going to yeah. find a spot for him. Why don't but you tell hey, me about your bust? Stream that. Yeah. Why don't you tell me about your bust for the week, Bob? Um, this is completely just a gut call. Um, you know, I'm going with CD Lamb. Uh, he's playing against the Rams. Rams have this really good cornerback. Um, what's his name? Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably be on him for the majority of the game. Um, I just see that being the the way that uh, the Rams defense will look at this game and say, who's going to beat us? Because the ghost of Ezekiel Elliott isn't going to do it. <laughs> um, the only person that we need to bracket here is CeeDee Lamb. Everyone else, if uh, Jalen Tolbert and, um, gosh, who else do they even have now? On, on their offense, them and, and Cooper Rush still. I mean, Cooper Rush is undefeated. All, you know, we'll well, you got you got Pollard and Gallup. Now Gallup's back. You know, so yeah, it'll Gallup, be interesting. Yeah. I, I when I saw you, uh, you know, in our little pre-show stuff, saw you put out CD Lamb. I was a little bit curious, um, just to see kind of what your argument was about him having a bust week. I, I mean, it's, I'm not going to come out here and say hundred percent the but, matchup with the corner. Yeah. Yep, you like that. Um, you like to look at those corner you know, matchups and, it, and call it out. It, it's one of those things. You look at it and you go, oh, they're playing the Rams. The Rams are third worst, depending on what, what site you're looking at, um, against the wide receivers. So CeeDee Lamb should feast, and I think a lot of people might be on him for that reason. Um, but it's just one of those things where I think Ramsey kind of is going to look at it and go, okay, i they're they're at home. They're at the Rams. Uh, so Ra- Ramsey perspective. They're at home. They just came off that game against Washington. They got a big big game at Philly the week after. Um, and and so it's just one of those things where I don't know how much they're really going to be focused on this game alone. Yeah. Um, and then they're also going to kind of have in the back of their mind, like, okay, well, you know, Cooper Rush is great and everything, but, you know, Dak's coming back maybe next week. His thumb's healed up a bit. He just needs to get some grip strength back. A couple other things happen, and, and he's good to go. Um, so I don't see this as a, a too competitive of a game in terms of, like, a lot of points being scored in it. Sure. So here's um, the question. I got a question. So that's kind of right. where so you got like, CD Lambs your bust. I'm on all that. Yep. CD Lambs your bust. How many points are you going to score? 
Um, <sighs> like under 10? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that bet. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not going to be his worst game of the season. He has where he had 3.9 against Tampa. Yeah. Um, but he scored 18 or so the last two games. Yep. Um, you know, depending on your scoring system, I think I'm looking at well, well, I'm giving those, those numbers, um, looking at a, a half point PPR. So in full point PPR, yeah, he'll be around 10, 11, 12 points. Okay. Well, I'll take the bet that says he scores over 10 if you'll, if you'll have it. 10 and a half, sure. Okay. I'll do 10 and a half. That's I'll, what I mean. I'll get my, yeah, I'll get a hook I, in there. I think the, the, you could have convinced me, but the, the whole, it's a feeling and it's Jalen Ramsey. You know, I'll say this Jalen Ramsey is still a phenomenal defensive it's, back. In the I, I think the, the biggest thing about it is here's two teams that everyone thinks these offenses should be doing so much. Sure. But both of them are sputtering and sputtering, and they're just not. And their defenses points. are what's holding the, them in games. Right. But the last point I was going to exactly. make is uh, so I, I see this as a the biggest thing is I don't see a lot of touchdowns being scored in this game. Yeah, you know it'll be sure. in total maybe three touchdowns scored in this entirety of the game. See, I um, I'm starting to disagree with you now. You're starting to get a little bit antsy on me. Like, look at what San Francisco, who arguably does not have anywhere near the offense of either of these teams, did. Against the Rams. Okay. So like, and, and Debo Samuel, I have plenty of arguments against why CD lamb could have a decent week, um, but we don't need to get into that. This is your prediction. So I'm going to let you hold on to it. My prediction last week about uh, Devonte Adams wasn't so great. He had nine catches for hundred yards. So, you know, we're, we're not always going to get the bus, right? We're trying to go out on a limb on some of these. So speaking of limbs, I'm going to go ahead and throw mine out there. AJ Brown. Now, here's the interesting thing about A.J. Brown. And really not even about A.J. Brown, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some stat lines to you, okay? Four catches, 44 yards. Six catches, 79 yards. Two catches, 12 yards. And six catches for 50 yards. Now these I'm going to name the players. Not, these are not his stats. Nope. Now I'm going to name the players. Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Adams, and DJ Moore. That is what the top wide receivers have done against the Arizona Cardinals defense in the first four weeks of the season. Cooper Cup, four for 44. Juju, six for 79. Devontae, two for 12. And DJ Moore, out of all of them, had six for 50. So... I'm not saying that Arizona's all of a sudden this phenomenal defense against all wide receivers, but in total, their top two corners, Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson, have allowed 26 catches to wide receivers in four games. That is averaging 6.5 catches per game. That's to all wide receivers. Yeah. And they're the top two corners. So in general, for whatever reason – Teams just can't find a way to get it to their top receivers against the Cardinals. And these numbers show it. Like, if if Brown goes out and has a six catches for 79 yards, are you going to be satisfied with that as a fantasy owner? Mm, not really. I mean, that PPR, that's what, 13 points, barely? 
So that's a, that's an okay week. He's projected at like 16 and a half or 17 points, depending on what league you're in. So I have him right at about 10 points this week, and he's my bust. So so how about we, we modify this a little bit? Okay. Lamb versus A.J. Brown. Just straight up. Just I got Lamb, up. you got Brown? Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll do that. That's fine. Because I had him at 10. I figured you'd take the same bet on me. Right. right? So if it's the same 10, bet. Right. So let's just put them against each other. Yeah, we'll just make it one bet. One yeah. bet, Lamb versus CD. I got or Lamb versus Brown. I got CD. You got AJ. Yeah, done, done. All right, let's get into stacks. Do you have a stack picked out for the week? Uh, I'm inputting this bet here. You go. You you do yours quick. So I had two of them uh, that I really thought were were solid stacks for the week. That that are I actually made two teams um, off of these stacks. So I want to talk a little bit about both of them real quick. Well, I, I won't take both. You know what? I'll take I'll take one um, and leave it at that. So the first one that I'm going to talk about. Well, OK, let me tell you the other one. Look at me struggling here. I, the biggest stack I'm going to play, I'm going to play him, no doubt. And it's actually probably the stack I'm going to use in, in our, our football in the Rocks League. It's Wentz and McLaurin. Um, to me, they're they're a no brainer. Um the other one that I'm going to sit and talk about for a quick second uh, is actually in Philly. And I just got done saying A.J. Brown wasn't going to have any kind of a week. Uh, and I'm not picking A.J. Brown to stack with him. Um, so in Philly, I'm actually doing the running back quarterback stack. Um, and I might throw in uh, the tight end um, as uh, Philly, uh, Arizona is – really good against wide receivers they are 31st against tight ends so there's a good chance that you know this stack will work out um as far as just the overalls uh but like arizona has given let me look at the numbers arizona has given up a total of 24 and a half points per game which is 25th in the nfl so from a Pure, just I'm trying to get points out of a game, and I'm not playing against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, I would love to pick the Detroit Lions opponent, but it's like Zappy and uh, you know pick a wide receiver for New England. <laughs> so I ended up going with uh, the double stack with Sanders, Hertz, and uh, Ertz, or sorry, not Ertz, uh, Goddard going against Arizona in what I think could be a pretty solid high-scoring game in Arizona for the Philadelphia Eagles. Got it. I guess, I mean, we'll we'll see how that plays out. So no opinions. I didn't have as many good statistics to follow that one up with, but you don't like it too much, I can tell. I mean, it it's nothing new. You have no new knowledge to, to give to me on that. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing for, for real quick on Sanders. So a lot of people that had Sanders, he had 27 carries last week. Um, it, the norm for him is like 15, right? He's averaged probably 15 up coming into that game. Uh, but last week, dude, they're in like a rainstorm. So you can't really count too much of, hey, he's going to get the ball a ton. I do think he'll have 17, 18 carries, and I think they'll be winning the game. I think he scores a touchdown. Uh but really the, the the value of this here is getting a good quarterback at a pretty good price and then getting a cheap tight end and not overspending for a running back and having that all be in the same game. 
But anyway, who's your stack? Yeah. You like? So so that's kind of a, a tricky thing to, to put together. Oh, sure. It's well, never perfect, but this is this is one of the ones I like. So yeah. <clears throat> um well I am actually gonna go to the AFC South. Um, I'm going back to the well with the Jaguars, actually. And I'm hitting, uh, they're at home. Christian Kirk has been playing phenomenally all season long. He had his worst game last week where he only had uh, two catches for, for 60 yards. He also had a really short run. But putting Lawrence and Kirk together again, um, Houston gives up some really big plays and I see that kind of coming back around again this week and it makes it really easy to uh, do a little bit of a comeback with Brandon Cooks who just is a target monster he's got seven catches twice this year already in those two games he's got over 15 points and um, he's only 6100 if he gets you around you know 15 to 18 points you're happy with that and it allows you then to, you know, stack in some of those higher priced running backs um, like Nick Chubb at home against the Chargers, atrocious run defense. Um, you can also throw in uh, Dalvin Cook against Chicago's really bad run defense as well. Um, kind of really, like I said, it opens you up to that ability to play those higher end players. Um, at another position. I, I don't mind that. Um, we'll see how it turns out. You got any cheap guys that you like for DK this week? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I, I, you want to make sure that you're checking in, seeing if he's playing, but I do like Rondell Moore. He's only 4,100. Um, Nelson Aguilar is another one. Only four thousand. We've seen what Detroit's defense is, and what happens in those games. No matter who's throwing the ball there, um, I, I do see that as as another game that you can kind of exploit, uh, just because of what happens week in and week out. Um, so those are a couple of the the cheaper wide receivers that I like. Um, this week I will spend down at tight end. Um, that's where, as I already mentioned, Tyler Conklin, he's only 3,700. Um, and then to be able to kind of bring it back home, um, you can, uh, put in Evan Ingram into that stack that I had going for only 31. Yeah, that's not too bad either. All right. Well, let me tell you a couple of cheap guys that I have for those that, uh, are, are looking to save some money. Uh, at running back, we've already mentioned both these players, and I think both of us believe they're going to have good weeks. But both ETN and Must Start or Mostert uh, are right around five thousand dollars on DraftKings, so they're going to be at a good price. Uh, at that price, you really want to get about fifteen. I, I really think one or both of them could have the at least you know a good high probability of, of blowing up with some points. So I, I think those are two good guys to take some risk on for a five thousand for a good solid running back is a, is an awesome price. One guy I'm gonna talk about at wide receiver. You already mentioned Rondell Moore. I had him on my list. Um I think without question he's gonna have at forty one hundred he's gonna give you value. I mean gosh he had he had five targets last week in his first game uh one rushing attempt so like he's involved 
already. Yeah. I think I saw somewhere. They're going to find ways to get him. Well, I think ball. I saw somewhere where he was like on the field for 70 some odd percentage of the, of the, of the game. Like they didn't, they didn't like wean him back in. <laughs> you know, they said, here you are, let's go. You know? Um, so that's a good por- person, but another guy, keep your eye on this one. He's 3,200. He could be real cheap. You need nine points for 3,200 to be valuable to you. Uh, last week, a couple of the Buffalo wide receivers went down against Baltimore. So I think McKenzie got a concussion. Uh, Crumro got, or Kumaro, whatever you pronounce his name, got hurt. He's out. Um, Gabe Davis and Diggs are still there. Uh, but Crowder's out. I mean, like literally every other wide receiver on their team is hurt except for rookie Khalil Shakir. He's on the field for punts, so he's he's already going to be there no matter what. But he had two catches in relief at the end of the game kind of last week, two catches, two targets, 23 yards. That got him four points. He's going to be on the field for probably 50 to 60% of the plays maybe even a little bit more as the third wide receiver if McKenzie's concussion holds him out uh, with the things going on with Tua. I'm willing to bet it does. <laughs> and uh, and he could be a sneaky little play at 3,200 to give you some relief to get a little bit higher scoring players um, on your squad. So yeah. that's really it I got for cheap. I mean, I, I think at tight end there's plenty of options that are fairly inexpensive that you could, you know, Making a solid team constantly yeah. we've already talked about. Well, one that I really like. I mean, he's cheap in relativity to what he usually is. Alvin Kamara's only 6,600 this week. Cheapest he's ever been all season long. Oh, and, and I want to make a point to that. For those of you that are concerned about Alvin Kamara and, you know, his health. So, I don't know about this, but if you're New Orleans and you're concerned about whether or not Kamara can play, do you let Latavius Murray leave? No. Hell no. You sign him immediately after the game against Minnesota. Right. You go, uh, yeah, so we're going to keep this guy around. Clearly, the, you know, if I had to guess, they're like, no, nah, we're just going to give Kamara a little bit extra break. Like, we already had our quarterback out. We already had our top wide receivers out. We already had, like, we already had these guys out. Let's not, you know, go throw out Kamara and get him hurt even more when he's just a little banged up. So I, I I think if you're a Kamara owner, I'm with you, Bobby. He's a good price, and uh, and I think he'll be pretty heavily involved this week. Yeah. So. Good. All right. Anything else? I think we've covered most of it. Is something anything we no. missed? No, I think that's all for the week. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, some of these backfields. Um, you know, we got tomorrow night. Uh, we're, we're going to see, was it Denver against Indy? Yeah. So it been waiting all, all year long to see these young running backs go at it. Um, and, oh wait, they're all hurt. Oh, wait, Neither uh, of them are playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hear Right. You. So it'll well, be, well, unless you're talking about Mike Boone and, uh, Deion Jackson, they're both playing, uh, but it's, uh, they're not young. <laughs> they're second stringers. What are you talking about? They're younger than Melvin Gordon. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not easy. Or it's not hard to be that old. Than I shouldn't say that. You know, Melvin Gordon's no. really not that old of a guy. Yeah, but anyway, 
Uh, it should be an interesting game. Two teams that are, and I'm, in my opinion, they're reeling a little bit. You know, Denver thinks that as the, there's a guy on Instagram that's that's got a great line with uh, the whole uh, Russell Wilson thing. You know, what is it? Denver Nation, let's ride. Bronco Bronco country. Bronco country, let's ride. (laughs) Well, they haven't had a fun ride so far there, Russ, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's changed to Bronco country, let's cry. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's good. (laughs) I hope we just started something. Uh, But, yeah, no, that's that's, it'll be interesting. Both teams are really, really in need of win, so we'll see tomorrow will be an interesting game. Um, But I'm more looking forward to this weekend. I think there's some good games on the slate, so we'll see how it all goes. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. Absolutely. Good luck. Enjoy it. Uh, That is it for us tonight. Goodbye. Bye.